Twitch feed when I set up the live feed, so I didn't want to not be on Twitch. We have a very small uh, but dedicated group of folks that like to use Twitch. So just a quick reminder, when we do our live streams, which are usually four days a week, uh, you can always find out about them at tspclive.com. Find the next coming one, and if it looks like it's an old one, it's the last one I did, and I haven't updated it yet. And uh, we are on more than just YouTube, and today we'll... uh, actually talk about some of the reasons why we're on things other than just YouTube. I don't believe in, uh, you know, having all my eggs in one basket to begin with, but there's some things that we're going to talk about today that are really going to come into this. Uh, We're going to talk about the fact that the media literally hates the truth at this point. Now, I want to be clear about something. Unlike the media, I never speak in absolutes. I believe Star, Star Wars taught us that only the Sith deal in absolutes. So, it doesn't mean the media always hates the truth, right? Like, they love the truth when the truth just so happens to coincide with whatever agenda that they're pushing or being told to push at the moment. When I say they hate the truth, I mean they hate the truth that interferes with the narrative. And I don't, I don't mean they don't like it. I don't mean they're opposed to it. I mean they, had a, they have a literal, visceral hatred. It's an anger. It's the dark side. It is that people who speak the truth must be destroyed. And we've all seen it happen. We're going to talk today about, first off, we're going to lead off, what, what the hell is the media supposed to do? What is the media supposed to be? There's actually three things that above all others that the media is supposed to be. This is not how they do it, but what they are supposed to do. Uh, then we're talking about the basic rules of journalism. So, there's really five basic rules to journalism. Now, if you go to journalism school and they want to make it more complicated, you're going to get a Ph.D. in writing bullshit. I'm sure they're not my five, but they are the original five rules for journalism uh, and what we're supposed to be doing and what we're supposed to be able to expect from journalists. Uh, we're going to talk about how everything really fell apart. Now, I think a lot of people think that the media used to be mostly honest, and then in the last 10 years they've gone to fake news, right? The truth is that, there's always been this corruption inside the media. It at one time actually went opposite of the way it does today. It was more toward the right political spectrum and it was more conservative. And it was, I mean, it was used against people like, Oh, I don't know. John Lennon from the Beatles, right? The CIA was using the media and other apparatuses against John Lennon from the Beatles because he was dangerous to America or whatever. Um, But it is worse and it's so blatant now that you have to literally be in the matrix with the thing in the back of your neck not to see it. Then we're going to talk about the fact that what I'm going to tell you about how it's all falling apart, what's going on. How do you know it's true? Like this isn't something you have to trust some podcaster, Bitcoin promoter, survivalist about. You can look for yourself and you can see that everything that I'll give you in that segment is true. And then we'll talk about, well, what can we do about it? Trust me, I'm not going to be like, we need to hold the media accountable. I'm stu- Anybody that says that, I'm done, okay? I- I'll tell you where I am with people that say, we're going to hold the media accountable, we're going to hold the corporations accountable, we're going to hold the government accountable. When you say that, 
I like keto recipes, right? So one of the things I actually do consume uh, on short form content like Instagram and stuff like that is videos that show me how to make stuff. You know, little 30 second to a minute and a half videos that just show you stuff to put together to get ideas. When somebody says, when I put ranch dressing, I'm done. I just slip. Nope, done. Don't want to hear what you have to say. That's how I feel. And I actually feel more that way about people that use the words hold them accountable. I'm going to tell you the only thing you can do when it comes to holding accountability up today when we get to what you can do about it. And then we'll give you some final thoughts. So that's going to be today's show. Strap in. This is going to be one of those truths hitting you in the head over and over and over again. And because everything I'm saying today is true and because it's attacking the media and because it will attack sacred cows, there's a very good chance that next week you may have to tune into Rumble or Odyssey or Twitch to see a live stream because YouTube may very well take this video down and they very may well smack me on the hand again and give me another week or two in YouTube jail. But we're going to have this discussion because there's really no reason we should be able to have this discussion. And if they do it, it will only prove that what I'm saying is true. It will only prove that what I'm saying is true. And we're not even going to go and talk about the lies and deceit around the COVIDs. So they won't be able to use that excuse, which is a stated policy that's still in place, even though it's stupid. All right. That's what we're going to do today, because as a famous person once said, when you tear out a man's tongue, you do not prove him to be a liar. You only show that you fear what he has to say. All right. Before we do that, though, let's go ahead and hear from our sponsors of the day. Sponsor of the day number one today is ButcherBox.com. How about this? You get a great big giant box of perfectly packaged and shipped grass-fed beef, pastured pork, awesome seafood, shipped right to your front door once a month. If you say, you know, I really don't need it once a month, you can do it every other month. You can pause it anytime you want to. All you got to do is sign up. But the cool part is if you're a member of my MSB, you'll get $10 off a month, every month, forever. Do you know where you can get a discount like that from ButcherBox other than through TSP? Nowhere. It doesn't exist. They don't do it. Every once in a while, there's a problem with the code, and I have to get involved to remind them, hey, you guys do this for us. And it's never the people we work with. It's the CSRs on the phone. They just, oh, we don't do that. We don't do recurring discounts. Yes, they do. They do it for us because they're just a great partner, and we've been a great partner with them for a long time. So check out ButcherBox.com today. And if you're not an MSB member, that one benefit alone. $10 a month, once a year, or for a full year, it's 120 bucks off on a membership of 50 bucks. It's a pretty good deal. Next up, the Solar DIY Workshop from Live Free Academy, John Bush's organization. I brought that back around today. Quite a few of you took advantage of it yesterday. This is a great way to learn to build a small-scale solar system. If you can build a small-scale solar power system, you can build a large-scale solar power system. It's a great way to get your feet wet, and it's cheap. It's $57. 57 bucks. That's cheap, guys, uh, for a two-hour seminar from an expert on how exactly to do this, how exactly to set it up. And if you're in the Bastrop, Texas area, you can actually go in person for this. If you're not, you're like, that's way too far to go for a two-hour seminar. I would understand more than a few hours, definitely. Uh, all you got to do then, get the virtual ticket so you can do it online. Uh, or in person. So check that out. And I think you will find a lot of value in it. All right. So let's start off with exactly what the heck is journalism supposed to be? What are the journalists supposed to do? What is their charge in a free 
society. If we live in a free society where people have a right to speak their opinions, they have a right to hear the opinions of others, they have a right to address their governments for redress, um, the, the, the will of the people is supposed to be paramount. All the things that they say the United States is supposed to be, if you have that, then what is the role? What is the charge? What is the mission of the press in that society? Number one, to be a check on government. You know, we have a system of checks and balances. We have a legislative, executive, and judiciary. The press is literally supposed to be another, it's not a form of the government, but it's another check. It's, it's like the fourth check on the three, the, the three, uh, the three branch system. Okay. That's what it's supposed to be. It's not supposed to aid the government. It is supposed to be adversarial to the government. Now, when the government's doing good things and they're not breaking the law themselves, they're not cheating, they're not lying. I don't know when that happens, but when they are, they're supposed to report it that way. So they're not supposed to be out there like just trying to destroy the government at all times. Well, that's the job of scary anarchists like our community, right? Now, their, their job, though, is to be adversarial. They are supposed to be the way that a prosecutor would be with a suspected criminal. Maybe you didn't do it. Maybe I'm not going to bring charges, but I'm damn sure going to be looking for anything and everything that possibly says you did this thing. That's their number one job, to be a check on government. Does anybody here think that's what they do now? And if you do, tune out because I can't help you. You are still so deep in the matrix. There is no helping you if you believe that. They're also supposed to be a check on corporations. That, that was part of why the freedom of the press ended up amended and enshrined into the Constitution of the United States. The founding fathers were not perfect, and they were guilty of many of the things that the Constitution restricts in the first place themselves, or at least leaning toward those things, knowing that they could succumb to them. And they knew that the threat to a nation did not just lie in the government of that nation or foreign government invading. They also knew that wealth was power and that large companies, rich people could, could have immense power outside of government that didn't have a governmental check because you can always figure out a way to be legal, right? Or buy off prosecutors. So there was this idea that if we have a free press, and this is, this is, this predates the United States, by the way. I'm just, coming at it from a U.S. viewpoint today, that the press would be responsible for that, too. They could not be silenced. You can bitch about it. You can defend yourself, but you can't silence the press. That was the idea. And guardians of truth. There you go. Tom got to you. Tom Reisner says truth. That we, we got there, right? Uh, that's the thing, to be guardians of truth. That does not mean it is the responsibility of the press to never be wrong. No, anybody that said we're never wrong. We're so careful. We never report anything in error. I wouldn't trust. Yeah. It means that the, the goal at all times should be disclosure and protection of truth and the full truth, not a piece of truth. Because a lot of the ways that they stack lies, do you know that you could come take an issue, come up with 10 completely 100% verifiable factual things about that issue? Report that issue using those 10 verifiable facts, truths, and you can still be lying.
because there may be other things that are mitigating or aggravating circumstances to that that you omitted, lying through omission. If you are to be a guardian of truth, you can't tell a selective, cherry-picked version of the truth. So this is what they're supposed to be. Does anybody in the live stream believe that they're even close to doing any of those three things? Put in, yes, I do, or no, I don't, in the live chat right now. Uh, if, if we can get you participating in the chat, even on that level. Yes, they do these three things. At least they try. Or no, we're not even in the same ballpark with that world. It's all bull. Here come the no's, right? Because the time delay caught up. So I'm going to wait and see how much of that comes in, but there's, there's going to be a lot of no's, I think. But how are they supposed to do that? What is the means by which an entity, the press, the media, could claim that this is what we're doing. One would be to you know, do what you say and say what you do, right? But there's actually some rules of journalism. And, and the, the, the paramount rule, and this has not been followed at all in the last five years. It's not been followed in the last 10, damn near. And it, 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 when I started this show 15 years ago, it was already not followed very frequently. But now, if it's something that that goes toward the narrative that's being pushed. There is no attempt made to even have one source, let alone two. The primary rule of journalism is if you report something as fact, not, hey, it's being reported that maybe this thing happened or there's a suspicion of this or an unknown source says that maybe this thing happened, it's unconfirmed. Like, that's all okay. You can run a story without fully confirming it if you disclose the fact. But you can't go out and run it as fact without two independent sources. And let me tell you what two independent sources mean. It means that the two sources are not connected to each other. And they are not, it's not that some other media outlet reported it if they didn't disclose how they got their sourcing. You have to actually talk to someone, communicate with someone, and verify a source. Now, the source can be a person. It can be a, a confirmed document. It can be an information. It can be any of that shit. But if you can't confirm from two different angles this thing occurred, it's supposed to be reported as unconfirmed, right? And that needs to be up front. That needs to be like the first words out of your mouth or your, your, key, your keystrokes. It is unconfirmed at the time. However, we have a reliable single source that says this happened. That would be journalism. Reporting things that you have not confirmed in any way as though they are real and factual and everybody knows it, that, that, at that point, you're not practicing journalism. You're not practicing journalism at all. The next thing is, the most important thing to report are facts. Not what you think, not what you feel, not what somebody said. That you're supposed to stick to a factual analysis. And if you go into commentary, you're supposed to delineate between this is the facts, ma'am, just the facts, right? Joe Friday, remember Hawaii Five-0? Uh, some of you are too young for that, right? Right, but just the facts. Was it Hawaii Five-0 that that was on, or was that a different cop show? Just the facts, ma'am, just the facts, right? Um, yeah, it's supposed to be the facts. If you do have bias or conflict, you're supposed to disclose it. I am speaking personally now, and I do lean toward this side of things, and this is why I think this side is right. That's okay, too. Dragnet, that's what it was. I knew it wasn't Hawaii Five. I don't know why I thought it was Hawaii Five, but Dragnet. 
Dragnet, just the facts, ma'am, just the facts, right? Um, yeah, you're supposed to reveal biases or conflicts. Like if you, if a media publication wants to run a story and they are somehow connected to the story, even if they want to run, they can run the story, but then they're supposed to disclose how they're connected to it. You know, that, that's basic, basic shit. Joe Friday, that's who it was. And you have to report, if you're doing real journalism, competing ideas and versions. If you're not doing that, it's not journalism. Even if you're saying, look, this is what we think. The other side of this equation is people are also saying this, and this is what they're basing it on. You don't just say it's a wild conspiracy theory and it's been debunked. That's not journalism. That's not examining the issue. If reality is that this should be very much like the way that you would study for a debate. If you're going to debate somebody on an issue, even if you know what side you're going to get in the debate, you should know both sides of the debate, backwards and front. When, when we were in school and we would have debates, and I'm talking competitive score debates here, you would know the issue. But when you showed up, you didn't know what side of the debate you had. You could believe A, but you might have to debate from the standpoint of B. And I, I think that's one of the best things I actually got out of school because it wasn't a lot. <laughs> that was really great that I got out of school. Um, but that was one of them. That I, I learned that way of thinking. That, and so there's a lot of times that people are like, man, Jack just sounds arrogant. He feels like he just knows his shit and he doesn't back off anything. That's because I'm confident in my opinions. Right. But I'm still aware of their opinions, but I'm very confident in them. Because if it's, a, if it's a, a matter of something that, that has a factual determination, but yet we have not 100% verified that fact, it's still subject to debate. It's still in the hypothesis realm. My opinion of, of it will be extremely informed, and I could, in fact, debate it from the side that I disagree with, play devil's advocate and debate that. Does anybody here believe that the media reports in that manner? hey, this is what we believe, this is the facts as they seem to be, appear, this has been confirmed. Objectors are saying this isn't true. This is their case, the way they're making it. And then you can delineate from there, this is why we think they're wrong. Or do they just slander the side that is disagreed with? Do they just attack it? Do they, they don't even do that anymore. They just silence you, shut you off, tell you, you know. And, and what do they literally, they literally have told us, do not do your own research especially in the middle of the giant, you know, pandemic, right? They say, do not, you cannot do your own research. You cannot be trusted to do your own research. We have access to literally all the information in the world at our fingertips, but we're not supposed to use it once they tell us how to think. This is not journalism. Nothing about what these people do is journalism. It doesn't even look like journalism. They can't go, the average reporter today would not be able to, to successfully go to a costume party as a journalist. That's how far from journalism they are. So how did we get here? What happened that this got so bad? Because it was always bad. You were always lied to. If you want to just realize how lied to you were in the past, before most of us were born, go back and look at some of the World War II propaganda videos the United States produced about the Japanese and the Germans. Now, I'm not saying the Japanese were right or the Germans were right in the war at all. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying if you look at the propaganda that was put out to the American people and we swallowed it like 
like baby birds in a nest, a mama bird puking down his throat. If you look at it today, it's laughable. It's a, it's a freaking joke. You look at it and go, oh, my God, how did our how did my grandparents believe this bullshit? But yet we swallow things that will just look just as stupid 20, 30 years from now. How stupid do the videos look now of, of, of people walking around in China in paper suits in early 2020 and people walking down the street falling over and dying as they walked on the streets? How stupid does that look now? Right? It looks fake as crap. But we don't see it in real time. We see it when we look back at it once we have more information. And some people never see it. Or they claim it never happened. Now, when the media claims it never happened, I think that is an example of they're just covering their ass. But I think a lot of people that bought into it when it happened, they feel so stupid for buying into it. They've erased it. They've self-brain erased they self-memory hold some of the positions that they, oh, I never said that. Well, here's you saying that, right? We all know people like that. So how do we get there? Well, one of the first things that happened in all of this is the media, again, was pushing agendas forever. And along the way, they started to use science as a way to make their case. And instead of seeing science as what it actually is, science is an error detection process and it's never settled the science of anything is never settled right you can have a very well thought out theory so much so that it becomes scientific law it's still not completely settled and it won't be unless you can confirm every single aspect of it and demonstrably prove it repeatedly over and over and over again that's the threshold for scientific law and it's still not considered settled but that phrase was invoked and the media took everything that it wanted to make a case for. And if it could come at it from a scientific angle, it did so. And over time, the very process of doing that moved science in the mind of the individual person, the individual citizen, from an error detecting process to a body of authority. If scientists say it, it must be true, as though they're never wrong. As though we have yeah, and it's it's settled. Until it changes, and then they say, but science changes. And you say, but it was wrong before. Can it? No, it can't be wrong this time. And then a year later, it changed again, right? It's allowed to change, but only when they change it. Okay, that by its very nature makes science a body of authority. And that was the first major blow to what used to be journalism, at least half-assed journalism, is making scientists into authoritarians. And as long as you could put together two or three that said what you wanted, it didn't matter if a hundred other ones said no, it doesn't matter. And then we created these bodies of scientists that are inside the government or inside universities that are completely controlled. And if they say it, even if the majority disagree, they're wrong. And if they disagree too much and talk too much, they get quashed. So that's, that was that was the first nail in the in the in the coffin of journalism. Then. Government and corporations completely, once they saw what the media was doing with science, they said, oh, we got to get in on this. Yeah, we'll get in on this. They completely co-opted and took over and controlled science. So the government does it by creating these bureaucracies like, let's say, NIH, right? And then they, are, they decide 
who gets the research grants. So the government steals the money. They give it to the bureaucracy that oversees whatever area that they want. And they say, you decide what research gets approved. And you get a guy like Fauci that was in all, in his position for more than 40 years and retires as the highest paid bureaucrat in Washington, D.C., with massive amounts of power, never having been elected with control of billions of dollars. And the problem really with that then is because the the uh, the government and the corporations control the scientific body. Then the media is drawing from a controlled body with an air of independence. Like so what they're saying is, well, experts are reporting that or whatever they say. They're creating this illusion that this completely independent, sainted body. Right. They've replaced religion with science. That wasn't what that's what science wasn't supposed to replace religion. It was supposed to prevent religion from creating artificial reality. It wasn't supposed to replace it. We weren't supposed to stop following religion and worshiping religion and create a new religion we called science. No, we were supposed to have science as an arbiter of truth, and then you still took the science and you made the best educated decision you could going forward. They destroyed that, and they completely co-opted that body. Then... Especially recently, the government directly coordinates with the media. And I mean print media, video media, and social media. Like they literally have people that work inside the entity, these giant media corporations, who are liaisons and give particular government officials direct access. And with the Twitter files, we found out that was absolutely the case. That there was literally an open conduit between departments of government and Twitter employees on censorship and control of the flow of information and shutting down people's accounts. So once you know that, if you don't think they have the same thing with CNN, MSNBC, yes, Fox News, all of it, any major media outlet, there's literally a conduit between those guys and the government. And then the government is controlled by the corporations through lobbying, etc. Yeah, this is not hard to understand. It just sucks, right? So then the corporations fund the media, and fund the government. So when one hand gives money to the other, the, the hand that does the giving is always higher. Yeah? Right? Th that's what you end up with. You always end up with the hand that gives the money in control. You think Fox News can report honestly on the pharmaceutical industry when their number one source of ad revenue is from pharmaceutical companies. Do you think that's possible, yes or no, in the in the live stream, it'd be great to see from you guys. So is that possible, yes or no? That you can have the pharmaceutical drug companies be the lion's share of your advertising revenue as a media outlet and then honestly report on the pharmaceutical industry? No, I don't think so, but I'm waiting to see what you guys think coming up in there. It's a form of regulatory capture, basically. It's kind of an, a private form of regulatory ca capture. And then on top of all this, and definitely over the last 40 years, it's just gotten more and more true all the way down, right? The left controls the education system, right? They, the, the left controls education. They control it K through graduate school, period. And that doesn't mean that there's no teachers that are conservative or there's no school districts with conservative, you know, at, you know, board, uh, school board members or that you can't find a school somewhere in some place that's mostly not leftists. 
But when we look at the total, the 100% of the education system, it's not 50-50, is it? It's, it's more like 90-10. It is completely slanted to leftist ideology and obeying the state. And I would say even a lot of it that has some conservative right-wing bent, it's still obedience to the state. So people are programmed to obey in this system that they can be in for freaking 20 years if they, if they pursue the certain things, right? And a journalist that goes to work for a media outlet will have to have a college degree. They don't hire you without a college degree. So you will have to have had a good bit of post you know, high school programming before they'll let you in the door. Then the media organizations itself will be composed of people who lean left. And I mean, yes, again, you guys, Fox News, right? Fox News, fear and bullshit. The only reason they look right wing is because they're not completely, totally, 100% lunatic left wing like their competition. This is a marketing principle. We have to stand apart somehow. We have to differentiate ourselves. The Pepsi Challenge. We both make shitty sugar water with bubbles in it. But we put a little extra sugar in ours, so when you take a sip, you pick Pepsi. 1980s kids will remember the, the Pepsi Challenge, right? You have to have, even when you're the same, you have to create the illusion of differentiation in a market with more than one choice. So the fact that you can change the channel means, you know, they're like, hey, you know what we could do? I got an idea. But no, it's all completely left-leaning. Next, the public in general is stupid, unhealthy, distracted, and to be fair, just trying to survive. So it's very easy to deceive a population who's unhealthy and sick and stupid. And again, whenever I say stupid, right, whenever I say stupid about the general public, I am speaking in the terms of Bonhoeffer's theory of stupidity where the person can have an IQ of 120, 130, right? 130, you're borderline genius. I think the cutoff for genius is like 134. And they can still be stupid because they've been taught things that are wrong and therefore they believe them true because, well, I learned this in school. They wouldn't have lied to me, right? And we have a system where the more you go along, the more comfortable you are. And the higher you rise economically, unless you run your own company and that company's small enough to not need to be inside all the bullshit, the more you comply, the more comfortable you are and the higher you will rise. You got to go along and get along. We've all heard that phrase. And that's, that's the society that this entirely toxic, dishonest, truth-hating entity because I, I feel that we have to look at the press now the way we look at the government. Instead of looking at an individual piece's parts, you have to look at it as an entity. right? If you had a giant standing in front of you, the, the finger is part of the giant. It's not the giant, even though the finger's big. And even though the finger could crush you, it's still only a piece of the whole. And the media itself is an entity. And this entity now is seeking to grow and thrive and exist and reproduce and not be killed off. Like any entity, it's on its survival instinct. And its survival instinct is now being unleashed on a dumbed-down, stupid population who is unhealthy and, and barely getting by. The more you suffer, 
in your day-to-day life and you just think, if I got to get this one thing done or I'm not going to pay my bills tomorrow, the easier you are to control. If you notice, like the, the, the people who are public big names and get away with pushing back and speaking truth, they're always rich as shit. They're always rich as shit because there's a certain point of wealth where do whatever you want. I don't care. It doesn't matter. You can't hurt me anymore. We're done. And they will still try to malang those people. But you'll, the people that speak the most truth, that have the most people listening to them, generally have enough wealth that they can stand apart from it. But most people can't. So you have a system where if you say the right words, you know, do the right thing. You really think the average person working for one of these woke corporations today that isn't woke themselves is going to speak up inside that company? You think you're going to jeopardize their promotion? You think you're going to say, why the hell is it so important that our logo always looked the same except in June? I want you to understand something about the, the logo thing. When you look at these large corporations, the people that handle branding for them, like their brand managers, that logo is sacred. This is hard to understand if you've never worked with people like this. They will get angry if a partner uses their logo without permission, basically saying, like, this is one of our customers and putting their logo. You have to get permission to even display their logo. If a logo has a slightly altered font, they'll have a heart attack over. It needs to be uniform branding. And I'm telling you, these people, they're like OCD over it. But we put a rainbow on it. Yeah, that's fine. We're one month a year, right? So this is a radical branding departure for these these firms that know branding well. Do you think that someone's going to point that out that works for like National Geographic or something? One of the most woke, used to be one of the best information sources in the world. Now they're one of the most woke companies on the planet you think anybody inside there feels that they can speak up no that's the media you can't speak up as a journalist look what happens right and the public as a whole is in this mode so they become very susceptible to this misleading uh narrative that is put out by the media on all things um the media also has anointed itself its own watchdog that's another problem there is nobody that that, that guards the guardians, right? There is no, there is no organization with any credibility anyway that, that people look at and go, yeah, yeah, we can trust what they say. That like looks out over the press. Basically, the press is determined. We are our own group of internal affairs that the police have. We've investigated ourselves and we've determined that we've done nothing wrong. What could go wrong with this? You had a whole bunch of extremely biased people with a lot of power and a lot of money steered by government and corporations that invoke science as a god with their own bias that bear no consequence for being wrong, only for departing from the narrative. What could go wrong? In a free society? A lot. The freer the society, the more can go wrong. And the message of tens of thousands of individual media outlets is now centralized. You know, if you go back not that long ago, there wasn't a lot of television stations, right? Who grew up, you know, say me in the live feed, if you remember having like three to six TV stations, no cable. But there were hundreds, thousands of newspapers that people actually read, that people wrote actual articles for. And if you went between, let's say, a big publication like the New York Times, 
and the Dallas Morning News, you would get very different reporting in those two papers. And that was it was a decentralized form of media. Yeah, that's 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 what it was. Well, today you don't really have that. You have all of these media outlets reporting like singing like a choir. So let's move on to how do you know it's all true? Even obvious lies are reported with precise symphony in total synchronicity. An obvious lie will be put out by every major media outlet, all their little satellite TV stations, tens of thousands of individual mouthpieces and text media and audio media voices, etc., will all say the exact same thing at the exact same time, even when the lie is obvious. Now, you know, you know you're dealing with a centralized media when that happens. We've all seen them. I was it Jay Leno that used to do it? It was some of the one of the late night hosts that would, you know, show like Every single local affiliate of all these, the NBC, CBS, Fox, et cetera, all over the country, you know, Tampa, Miami, Philadelphia, Dallas, all saying the same shit. I mean, reading from the script together and you have like a giant Brady Bunch grid of a thousand guys all saying the same words, synchronized. How, how do you think that happens if you don't have centralized media going on? You don't have a very small group of people that are deciding this is what's going to be said this week. And this is how it's going to be said. See, do you remember when we used to watch movies or TV shows and like, you'd have these reporters competing with each other. Like they didn't want to get scooped by the the competing publication. They were on the ground. It's all bullshit, right? It was never that, but at least it was somewhat that at a time. Now these reporters don't do shit. They do what they're told. They say what they're told. Oh, they'll go out in the field, but they're told you're going to go out in the field and collect this information this way. If you don't find it, then we don't run it. Or if you find something that conflicts with it, we bury it. So you know it's true because even the obvious lies are reported with symphony-like synchronicity. Yeah? Next, when a lie falls apart, when their narrative is so bad, that if, or, or somebody comes out with conclusive proof and says, look, you lied. Do they ever say, we here at Channel 4 made a mistake in our reporting last week, and we'd like to correct that now. Do they do that? No. They just pretend it never happened, and they just go on with the next piece of the narrative. Or they keep repeating it even when they're caught, one way or the other. And we've all seen it. You know, there's plenty of examples of it. So you know what I'm telling you is true. Your own eyes and ears should tell you that what I'm saying is true. Any journalist that tells the truth, what happens when a journalist speaks the truth in in conflict with the narrative? They're punished. They're attacked. Matt Tabibi is a perfect example. That guy was a genius until he reported on the files that he was simply given by Elon Musk from Twitter. Now, Nobody actually went at the facts there. None of the competing journalists, none of the other channels. Nobody said, hey, wait a minute. If what he's saying is true, is true, then maybe we need to look. No, no, no. We'll just attack the man. Again, he was one one of us, one of us, one of us, right? 
But then he dared speak the truth. He must be slaughtered. What about Tucker Carlson? Tucker was fired. Number one news show in the country, not just now, ever. Dude had the number one primetime news show in history, at least cable TV history, when people had a choice, right? Because, again, we can go back to where there were three major networks. So, you know, if you looked at percentage of the whole, right, it, it, it wasn't really a thing back then, you know. But now, to be number one that far ahead of everybody, his first thing he did on Twitter, by the way, when I looked this morning, had been seen like 90 million times. Destroyed Fox's ratings. Woohoo! Yeah, you know what Fox is doing? Fox is suing Tucker Carlson for a supposed breach of a non-compete contract or something like that. Because they can't handle it. He must be destroyed. How di- And what was his first thing about? Do you want to know? It fits perfectly with this. And this is not being a Tucker fan. This is just, this is journalism. This is somebody, regardless of whether I like somebody or not, reporting the facts to the best of my ability and citing source for it, right? So the first episode that Tucker reported on was this dam explosion in a Russian-controlled part of Ukraine, where they said immediately, and this is you know back to point one on how you know it's true, they came out singing like a symphony orchestra. Vladimir Putin blew up the dam! Okay, so Putin blew up the dam in the territory that he controlled that they were relying on and using to send water to Crimea. Well, that makes sense, right? So Tucker eviscerated that narrative. And it is absolutely 100% true that the, I'm going to put it a different way. The most, the most indicative evidence is that Ukraine blew up the dam because they were the ones that benefited the most from it. And there's other things to it. You can research for yourself if you want to. I don't want to make this about that today. But he told the truth. So now he must, even though he's gone, you have to attack him. You can't compete with us. Dude is not permitted to what? Speak freely on the Internet? He's supposed to not ever say anything ever again, ever, of his opinion? Go screw. That'll be an interesting lawsuit to watch that out. But when you know that any journalist that speaks the truth, even when vindicated, even when they can say, look, here's what happened. Here's all my sources. Here's what we reported on. They're still attacked. They're, they're called racist. They're called liars. They're called misogynist. I mean, you come up with, with any descriptive term that's harmful, it will be thrown at them. So you know it's not journalism because that's not how journalism works. You don't attack the person. If you can attack the facts, there's no need to attack the person. You only attack the person when you can't discuss the facts because the facts are not on your side. So you know it's happening. Next, um, any person who has influence and questions the narrative is also viciously attacked. Elon Musk was a great guy until he bought Twitter. You ever notice that? Donald Trump, the media loved Trump until he ran for president as a Republican. And I, I think people, it's been so long now, right? We're, we're into almost eight years since Trump announced his first candidacy. So people forget. Trump, the media, loved Trump. Oprah liked Trump, right? I mean, and this isn't a defense of Trump. This is, again, I'm just reporting the facts here. If you go back and look at the media toward Donald Trump prior to his political aspirations, it was massively favorable. It wasn't 100%. 
but it was far more favorable than unfavorable. But, oh, now you're disrupting the flow. You see, billionaires are allowed to run for president. It's completely acceptable. They're just not allowed to win. They're not allowed to compete well. Bloomberg was allowed to run on the Democrat side, but it's because he only polled like 2%. You can't win the presidency as a billionaire. It's not okay, especially if you're not one of their billionaires. right? If you have anything to say counter to what they want, then you have to be attacked. But it's not just them, right? It's a little YouTuber and podcaster like me. Has to be sons. Has to be shut up. He said, what? Let's put him in prison, for, uh, YouTube jail for two weeks. So you know this, because this is not what journalism is. This is not what free speech is. And it's really important to understand the connection between the two. And free speech is not just about your ability to speak or to write or to communicate in some way. It is about the right of anybody who wants to hear you to hear you. You do have to have freedom to be heard to have freedom of speech. Now, that doesn't mean that people must be forced to hear what you have to say. That's not what I'm saying at all. And I hope that that's clear, clear enough. You don't have to have a forced audience. You don't have to like if you don't get on TV and they don't put your message out, your free speech has not been infringed upon. But when someone says somebody turns the channel on the radio to listen to you and it's cut off, it's scrambled. Then that's an abridgment of the rights of both parties, you and the person putting out the information. So when you're on Twitter and you follow Jack Spirico on Twitter and Twitter says, we don't really like this guy, so let's limit his reach. And you go 10 years, I'm not even knowing I'm still there because you never see anything I put out. That's an abridgment of your right and mine both. That's an abridgment of our rights. If you're going to claim to be a platform for discussion anyway. And the media does this all the time. And they, they attack anybody and censor anybody who speaks counter to their narrative. And when that person's proven right, they never apologize. They never admit it. They never say we destroyed this person's career. We destroyed this person's business. We destroyed and we were wrong and we're sorry. It never happens. Occasionally somebody gets a little bit of justice through the court system, but even that's stacked against you, isn't it? And accurate stories are censored by social media and know they know the story is accurate. All this shit about, well, we weren't really sure. The FBI reached out and said this disinformation campaign was coming and then it showed up. They don't think that for a minute. They know they're censoring things that are factual. They know they're censoring things that have at least passed enough muster to qualify as legitimate journalists. But they, they, they silence it anyway. This is how you know what I'm telling you is true, because you can observe what they've done. And what I'll end with is past performance is the greatest indicator of what you should expect from somebody in the future. If someone's always been honest with you and they tell you something and it doesn't quite seem right, you don't think they're right, you would tend to still say, even if they're wrong, I believe that they believe what they're telling me, that they're doing their best. If I tell you something, if you, especially if you're a longtime listener of this show, and I tell you a thing and it conflicts with what you believe, you might go try to disprove it, but you don't think that bastard Jack Spirico is lying. Because you've seen me be wrong. You've seen me come back and do what a journalist is supposed to be and say, hey, I got this wrong. I've even had a couple episodes where I played like I made fun of myself and played music. And it's like, 
And now for a segment of Jack was wrong. And I got the music go dun, dun, dun. And I'll come out and say that I was wrong. I haven't done that in a while. Maybe I should, right? Because I, I think it's good to be able to have fun with yourself. But you trust what I say, even if you disagree with it, you don't think I'm deceiving you. Do you trust the media? And if you don't, then you should not be trusting anything that comes out of their mouth. We'll get into the fact that some of it's true in a bit, but you shouldn't trust anything from a known liar. And you have to start looking at the media as an entity rather than a bunch of people. And as an entity, it has a track record of deceit. So it can't be trusted. And you know that for yourself. But there's a thing called Gelman amnesia. And the way Gelman Amnesia works, and Michael Crichton, the guy that is behind Jurassic Park, the guy that wrote the, uh, the, the initial script and created the TV show ER, that guy, he called it Gelman Amnesia. And Gelman Amnesia, this was written so long ago, he was talking about newspapers. He said, Gelman Amnesia is when you get a newspaper article and you read it. And it's about something you're extremely well informed about. And you know what you're reading is a lie. So you read it and you're like, oh, this is all bullshit. You turn the page and you read a story about something that interests you, but you're not well informed about it. And since it's in the paper, you believe it and you believe it's true and you don't question it because it's in the paper. So Gelman amnesia is when you turn the page, you forgot what you knew, that your source was unreliable. Now you're trusting it about something else only because you don't know enough information to judge for yourself. And that's that happens so frequently. Uh, Michelle 1776 says pipeline too. That's a perfect example of the media singing like a symphony, all with the same narrative and an obviously flawed piece of reporting. For those that maybe were under a rock and they don't remember, the Nordstrom pipeline was blown up under the sea. Giant environmental disaster that Greta Thunberg and her friends apparently didn't care about. Wasn't a big deal to them. They're more worried about how long you run your microwave or something. Then it's giant venting of natural gas from the ocean. An actual problem. Yeah. An actual pollution problem. So the narrative was Putin blew up his own pipeline. Let's use that as we go, right? We go to the next section. We'll use it when we talk about what you need to do, how you would analyze that story for yourself. Yeah. So the first thing you need to know about what you can and can't do about this is you can't hold anyone accountable except yourself in this. You can't hold CNN accountable. You can't hold, you know, any individual reporter accountable. You can't hold the government accountable for oversight. You can't hold uh, a publication, a social media platform. You can't hold any one of those pieces of the giant entity accountable. There's no accountability. And you certainly are not a source of accountability for anybody. And this is what I'm saying. When somebody says, you know, I, 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 we're going to hold them accountable, I put it in the same thing as dump a cup of ranch dressing in this thing and it's supposed to be a recipe. No, you're, we're done, right? I, I'm sorry, right? And I'm being a little facetious with the ranch dressing thing, but it's how I feel. Like, okay, no, out, out. You don't know how to cook. That's not that's not a recipe. You just dump ranch dressing on chicken and throw it in the oven. That's that's not food. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> But, yeah, you're not going to hold anybody accountable but yourself. Understand that. So you need to hold yourself accountable. You need to be the gut check on yourself. Anything you hear before you get angry, responsive, whatever, you need to figure out, is this really what I was just told it was? And I don't care what your source is. 
I don't care if it's alternative media. I don't care if it's Alex Jones. He's been invoked a few times here. Right. I don't care if it's Newsmax. I don't care if it's Tucker Carlson. I don't care if it's CNN. I don't care if it's MSNBC. I don't care if it's Fox News. I don't care if it's your friend, Bill. If you hear something, the first and only level of accountability for what you do next is to yourself. Right. So how do we do that? We start off with the basic common sense test, basic common sense test. Yeah. And that basic common sense test is simply, does this make sense? Does this track logically? So this is where we can use the Putin and, and the pipeline thing, right? So Vladimir Putin spends a shitload of money to build a pipeline from Russia to Germany to sell the Germans natural gas. The Germans want to buy the gas. Putin wants to sell the gas. Then the pipeline explodes. And it's like damage you can't even repair. Yeah? And then the claim is, well, Putin blew it up. Why? There's a pipeline. It's a tube that gas goes through. The only real parties that benefit from that tube and that gas going through are the Germans and the Russians. Yeah? If the Russians want to cut off the gas supply to Germany, the other end of the pipe where the gas goes into it is in Russia. So all you have to do is shut it off. Strategically, if you did want to cut the gas off, you would also want the ability maybe to deliver gas again in the future. You want to keep your options open. You've invested in this thing. You just shut the gas off. You wouldn't blow it up. That doesn't make any sense. Yet the media came out. Every, we know that about it. he's evil. He's an evil dictator. He may be an evil dictator. It doesn't mean he did this thing. But see that you take a thing that's unrelated to the other thing and you conflate the two to deceive. So anybody that heard that in the beginning, if you knew what the pipeline was, where it went, and who benefited from it, when you were told Putin did it, you should have said, no, he didn't. That doesn't make any sense. And if you're going to tell me he did it, and you're going to claim that it's fact, and you're reporting it as fact, then you need to build me a case of, oh, how does this work out? How does this help? How does this help Russia's cause in any way, shape, or form? And they didn't even make an attempt to do it. They just said it. So it didn't pass the common sense test. That's the first thing, and so many people don't do it. You just need to step back from your emotion. Five steps back from your emotion and say, wait a minute. Let's pretend I'm a, a green space alien and a flying saucer over the earth, and I don't really care about my, I'm a research green alien. We're not taking over. We're just observing. We're cloaked. They don't know we're here, and I'm just observing. If you heard it and you were that green alien sitting up in space like in uh, The Simpsons, right, the one with the tentacles and the drool, right, would you say, oh, this makes sense? So sure, that's what happened. Or would you say, no, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait. Whoever's saying this shit, we didn't put this down as bullshit. This species is a bullshitting species. And you need to do some level. If, it, if that analogy works for you, if pretending you're Spock on, on, on Star Trek works for you, if pretending you're a counselor listening to a couple arguments, some way you need to delineate between your emotion and the facts that are in front of you. Because it's really easy when the, when the, the claim matches your bias to allow yourself through perception bias to just accept it. You accept everything that matches your bias and refute everything that defines. You can't do that. That's not holding yourself accountable. And who can you hold accountable? You. You can't even hold your wife accountable or your husband. You can't hold your children accountable to this. You can hold them accountable to clean their room. 
You can't hold a person accountable to their thoughts. You can't do it. You can try. You will fail. So you've got to hold yourself. Next, follow the rules of journalism for yourself. Once you've taken something in and said, you know, that kind of passes the sniff test, that, that kind of tracks logically, that seems to make sense, then you need to try to verify it. You need to try to find independent sources reporting the same thing. And you already know what. The media cannot be trusted, so the media is not a source. It's a source of opinion. You can examine it. You can look at it. You can, you can factor it in. But you need to look for people who are speaking about this, who are informed and close to the issue and what they're saying. And you really want to find people that are uh, different in their opinion about it. If you're only hearing one story, you're not holding yourself accountable. You're not seeking out the truth. You're not being a guardian of truth, holding yourself accountable as such. You have to be your own journalist is what my message is today, because there are no journalists left in the mainstream. And as we'll get to, even the alternative ones have a problem. Next, you need to be using 100% uncensored social media. Does that mean I think that you need to delete your Facebook account? No. Or never go there again because Jack Spirico doesn't go there except with live stream videos. No. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying you need to use the uncensored social media platforms or like Noster protocols. MeWe or Gab, right? You need to be willing to watch videos on Rumble or BitChute or whatever. And I'm going to tell you something. When you go there, you will see absolute batshit crazy, right? You will. Um, I'll show you some batshit crazy I deal with in this audience once in a while when we talk about our item of the day today on a YouTube comment. It's pretty, I, I, I'm wondering if that person's here can explain their batshit crazy in it. But you will, you will see completely nonsensical claims. You'll find flat earthers, lots of them. You'll find people with crazy ass theories. One or two of them might actually be valid too. You will have to weed through the bullshit to find the reality. But what you won't have is somebody deciding this is too controversial for you to see. This is too wrong for you to see. Guys, the clock that's off by five hours is easy to see. So unless you're just predisposed to believing this shit, you're going to you'll sort and filter that. But you have got to have the ability to communicate with people who have different viewpoints than you and your other sources and at least see what they're saying. If you were on and probably one of the lesser uh, used platforms, but a lot of people in this audience use it and I use it MeWe. If you were on MeWe, you knew about the Hunter Biden laptop. Do you know how many people had no, I mean, they didn't know anything about it at all. They, it wasn't whether they believed it or not. Belief, it, uh, believing a story or not requires first hearing the claim, right? So if you hear a claim, then you can choose to agree with it, disagree with it, or say you don't know. And you don't have to be 100% on the agree, disagree. You could be like, I'm like 90% that this is true. That's an honest opinion. By the way, when people say, I 100% know this happened. Boy, you better have some shit to prove that, right? I always try to be careful. I'm like, absolutely, I know, and I'll be, hold on, wait a minute. What I really mean is I'm 99% on this thing, right? So you would have known it, and you would have been able to make your own determination. Now, many of you are like me. You're political atheists, right? You don't believe in politics anymore. You're done with politics. You know, politics is a game invented by psychopaths 
run by sociopaths and played by idiots, so you've opted out. But you still would have known, and you would have been able to choose whether you agreed with it or not. And there's thousands of things like that every day. You just will never see, never hear, never know. Shit that goes on inside things like CPS that we've talked about, the, the, the completely stacked against society deck that is, literal abduction of children by the state, you'll never hear about that in the media. But you might hear about it on social media. And you need to go to the completely unfiltered social media because you need to hear the extreme claims of both sides. I mean it. You need the most extreme claims, the batshit crazy claims of both sides. You can write them off, but you need to at least look at them. You need to at least consider them. Because inside the batshit may be one line that's critical to knowing the truth. Because most of the batshit crazy people actually start from a position of partial truth, and then they build their narrative of lunacy. So you can even learn from the crazy tin hatters. You can learn from the crazy leftists. And the only way you'll get both sides is unfiltered social media. You can get the unfiltered left-wing batshit from Twitter and Facebook. But if you want the unfiltered batshit crazy from the right, then you have to go to a Nostra. You have to go to a Gab, and you will really find it on a Gab. And I don't want you to spend a lot of time with it, but you shouldn't at least know. Yeah? Because... It's a tool that's available for information gathering that's easily accessible. And if you don't use it, it's only because you don't want more information. You just want to be right. You want to be comfortable. If you're holding yourself accountable, you should not be comfortable with what you believe every day. You should question yourself at least once every day. Gab, uh, Nathan says Gab is awesome. I'm on there. I don't do a lot of talking on there. I put out stuff and walk away, but I get some really good information from Gab at times. I will scroll through it. I also get a lot of bad shit and a lot of racist shit, total racist shit, and I block those people. And I'm a big boy. I don't cry. I saw a racist. I just delete. You know, block. Done. Now I don't have to deal with this person anymore. Now I know what you are. Now I'm not going to rely on you for anything. Right? If you are actually a piece of shit human being, I don't want anything from you. If you're wrong, you still might be useful to me for information gathering. But if you are a piece of shit, I want nothing to do with you. I think that's very simple. And maybe you're like, hey, I think you can even learn from these crazy bastards. Or I think you can learn from these scumbags. And you want to follow Then I don't fault you for following them. I'm not going to lump you in with them because you listen to them or hear them. And don't block them. We both get to make that free choice. That's, that is free speech. You choose what you hear. I choose what I don't hear. You choose to listen to me. I choose what I say. You choose not to listen to me. It's all fine. <laughs> Michelle said she got kicked out of a garden group on Gab. What'd you do? Spam them with something? One of your videos they didn't like or something? I don't know, man. Uh, but it happens. And, and see, the, the groups in these things are run by individuals, not the company. So you can get, I mean, I can throw anybody I want out of any group I have on MeWe or Gab. I don't usually do it, but I can. Uh, you have to look for patterns. Have you seen this before? Right? And you can look for patterns in the, the macro of the story, or you can look for patterns in the micro, or you can look for patterns just in the journalistic way it's presented. One example of this, and I, I love using this example because it's so prevalent, some bullshit claim, comma, experts say, right? <laughs> she said she got kicked out because she said we caught a raccoon. I, <laughs> I don't know, man. Anyway, uh. The, the comma experts say uh, uh, headline pattern. 
is inevitably something about the entire thing is bullshit. And usually if you actually read the article, they actually, you know, it's somewhat journalism because usually inside the article explains the bullshit, right? Like, you know, the, the, a new variant, blah, 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 experts say. And then you read it and it's like, it's not likely to actually be a problem or it, it, it'll be in there. But when you see experts say, you have to think about what that, that claim really is, where you can be truthful and lie at the same time, like I said. So if I have two people who claim to be experts and I'm willing to accept their claim that they're experts, I can put experts say after damn near anything, right? All I have to do is find a couple people who will say, yeah, yeah, that's how it is, right? Anybody here ever see the South Park episode that they did um, kind of making fun of shows like Ancient Aliens and stuff like that where they're like, well, would you say that? And, and well, yeah, it's possible. Would you say that again? And they get Stan to say whatever, like, batshit crazy thing it was. But then they cut out the both sides of it, so it's just him saying that, right? Doomsday Preppers worked exactly that way, by the way. That's one of the, one of the many reasons I, I was not on it, though I was asked so many times to be on that show. I was literally harassed by the producers of that show to be part of it. Like, get away from me, you lying bastards. This is what they do. They create, they create this formula and a formula will have as a byproduct a pattern. You should be able to look at any media piece and immediately go, what pattern are they using for this? What is the commonality between this and other stories? And where were the, where were the points in the other stories that demonstrated that it was bullshit? And so where do I look inside here to find that? Look for patterns. You are a pattern detection machine. The reason when you walk by a gang plate light switch and three or more uh, four switches and three are up and one is down, you kind of go, you get a little itchy on your neck and you kind of want to flip it. You want them all the same way, especially, especially when there's like two different wall plates and all the lights are on, but one's down because they're out of sync on, on the other side. You, you kind of just want them all to be the same way or like two are up and two are down and they're, they're alternating. You're okay. But when it's like, One's up, one's down, one's down, one's it just bugs you a little bit. It's because you see the pattern. You see the sequence and you kind of want it. And people that are a little OCD might might itch a little more on the neck when they look at it. But you notice it even when it doesn't bother you. You notice, hey, that one's down it in the right pattern. It would be up. Right. That's because you're a pattern detection machine. When you look at a flower and one petal's missing, you knew the petal fall off because you recognize the pattern. When you look at a flower and one of them is like all little, the center of it's all little dots and they're all kind of in straight line and the other one's a spiral and you notice the difference. These are two different flowers, but look, one's this way and one's that way. And you're like, oh, that's cool because you see pattern. So you need to look for pattern and information. I mean, that's, that is, that is how you do decryption is you look for pattern. And the less pattern, the harder it is to decrypt something. So the best encryption has no apparent pattern. But the media uses a pattern blatantly. Look for the pattern. Again, experts say is it again? that's where you're going to find your snorts. F-N-O-R-D, snord. It's uh, a term from the 60s out of a thing called Principa Discordia. And then it was that publication and that concept was wrapped into a book called the Illuminatus Trilogy by uh, Robert Shea and Robert Anton Wilson, which you should totally read, even though it's a total mind screw. It's totally worth the read. It's an awesome book. The Fenord. 
disinformation in plain sight. It's right there. It's an obvious lie. Anybody can see it, but most people don't. And the characters in the book, when they wake up, they run around yelling, I see the Fenords, I see the Fenords. Anyway. Uh, next. Assume everything that the media says is a lie. Assume it's a lie. That's, that's one thing you can do. About it. Now, does that mean that it's all a lie? No, because my other part of that bullet point is, but no, that some of it is actually true. A lot of things the media reports are true, but the angle it's reported at is deceitful. Again, I can take 10 facts about a situation, bend them the way that I want them, make it appear a certain way, leave certain things out. Like before all this happened, these other assholes over here did all these things that caused it to happen. Right. I can report on the failures of the levees in New Orleans with Hurricane Katrina and I can leave out that the federal governments that were being the federal government that was being blamed for the levees not being repaired did in fact give the money to Louisiana, the state of Louisiana and the city of New Orleans to fix the levees. And they took the money and did other things with it instead. If I leave that out and I don't like George Bush Jr., I can make it like it's all his fault. Even though it's an act of God and a corrupt local government not using the funding that was given to repair the levees. But I, can, I don't have to lie to create that. I just have to leave the part out about, well, actually, they gave them the money and they misappropriated the money. Well, I don't want to attack the Democratic mayor of New Orleans while his city's underwater. I want to attack the guy in the White House I don't like. That's one example of the truth and the lie sitting together coexisting. So assume it's all a lie. But then seek the truth and know that not all of it will be. You have to look at this again. Like I think police detective is a good mindset, a good analogy to put yourself into. I know there was a crime here. I'm talking to somebody in, a, in, in an interrogation room, which, by the way, if that's you on the other end of this discussion, the only word you should say is attorney. Well, you're not a suspect, attorney. But we just need you to, you know, uh, attorney. But now imagine you're the cop. You don't want to get the guy an attorney, right? You want, you want to like everything that person tells you, you're putting through your own personal lie detection process. And you're accepting that some of it may be true. And you're trying to pull out the truth from the lie. You're looking for inconsistencies in the person's story. When you interview the person twice and you get the exact same story twice from the same person, you don't know they're telling the truth, but it, it, lad, it, it lends some credibility. If you interview the person and your partner interviews the person and then you compare notes and you do it separately and everything matches two different interview processes, they start to have some credibility. You need to look at it that way, that whatever piece of media you're looking at, it's a suspect in a crime. It may be innocent, but I'm going to damn sure throw everything at it to try to prove it guilty before I clear its name and say this is innocent. That's how you hold yourself. That's what you can do. And that's all that you can do. You need to use alternative sources of media, including those that are biased counter to you. You need biased media. You need known biased media when you're examining something. You need to go to a, a media source that is run by people who completely disagree with your, your ethics and your ideology. And you need to hear what they have to say. It doesn't mean you need to believe it. In fact, what I tell you, just the last thing. You assume it's a lie and you need people who are completely biased in your way and you need to compare the two, the two stories. 
it's back to being a detective. You have two witnesses. Both say the other one is the one that actually killed the victim. You don't not talk to the two suspects. Even if you're like, I think that Bill's guilty and Tom is innocent. You deeply interview Bill and Tom both. And then if you're a good cop, right, if you're good at your job, you should be trying to prove the guy, in your, at least with your line of interrogation. This is why you need an attorney, by the way. So they don't get you wrong. Yeah. But you should be trying to prove that person is, is actually guilty. And you should be trying to prove the other person guilty. And you should be trying to prove them both innocent, despite your own bias. This is very difficult to do. It is very difficult to look at something you're biased against and realize it's the truth. It's hard. And so you have to look at people to come from the complete different side of it so that you're well-informed on both sides of the issue, right? Then you have to know, don't think you know, both sides of that issue before you come down with your decision. Assuming that what you're investigating is worth it. Assuming that what you're investigating is worth all this effort. If it's not worth the effort, just throw it in the can and forget about it. It doesn't matter then. But if it's something you're going to make decisions based on or something that's important to you, you should be able to sit down with somebody and present, if it's a political issue, the left point of view and the right point of view and a centrist point of view. Not the way you think it is, but what's actually being said, what's actually being claimed, what is verified and what is not verified on both sides. And if you can't do that, then you're not holding yourself accountable and you're not doing anything about this problem that we spend a lot of time complaining about. We spend a ton of time complaining about the bias in media, but yet we just swallow the bias that that meets our worldview. I, I can't believe how many times members of this audience have been so upset with me when I go, that's not actually true. Well, I know you were a libtard. That's how I know I'm being genuine. When I get called a libtard and a Trump tard on the same day, you know, there's people that actually think I'm a Trump supporter. Some of you right now, like you, you were driving in your car and you were picking up a hot coffee. And I just I just caused coffee to go on your steering wheel, your speedometer, your radio, your lap. When you heard there's people that think I'm a, you're like, oh, my God, you're an idiot. Right. And there's people that think I'm a flaming liberal leftist because at any point that I disagree with them about anything that's one of their sacred things. Well, you must be the other side. That's what the whole point of this deception is, by the way, is to put us into our camps and keep us there. So we yell at each other and they can do whatever the hell they want. And we think we're holding. And then we stay stupid shit like we're going to hold them accountable. Hold yourself accountable. And then realize, because this kind of ties into what I was I was ending with there. Most of what's reported is a distraction anyway. It's not important to your life. It's not germane to your life. There's people that really think it's important that we have an opinion about Ukraine and Russia. You know, my opinion about Ukraine and Russia is they're two countries very far away from me that have their own border dispute that they should resolve themselves without us being involved in it. I don't need any more. I know enough about the history of the conflict that's been going on for nine years, not one, that I don't need any more information. I've already done all this research that I just talked about on that issue because not even it was that important to me because I knew I would have to discuss it as a podcaster. And the only thing we're doing by interfering with it is making a bad situation worse. So I know that anything I hear from this point forward 
doesn't really matter unless it's something that I'm going to be asked about as a show host. Like Russia blowing up their own dam, making any damn sense in the world. And it was actually just a convenient example of what I was talking about today. I don't really care anymore. And all I can hope for out of it is they don't start World War III with it. That's the only reason I care. I don't. Do you want Russia to win or Ukraine win? I don't care. I don't care. It's not my business. Some of you are very angry with me for not caring. Do you know how dumb that is? I'm not taking the other side. You'd actually prefer that I did. Same thing with elections. Who's going to win the next election? Here's what I think. But in the end, I don't care. That infuriates people. I'm not going to vote. You're a quitter. Whatever nonsense you come up with, right? You know, bullshit. I know what I say or do in this instance doesn't matter. I am not under a delusion of grandeur that my opinion about a thing is that important. I know that I do more to help people when I do a show about how to grow your food than when I do a show about politics. I know more people tune in for the politics show, but I know that I do more good for more people when I give you practical things you can do. And what I'm giving you today is a practical thing you can do. You can filter the bullshit. And as much time as I've spent explaining this and as laborious as the process sounds, the more you do it, the better you get at it, the faster you are. And it is, it's like an almost instantaneous bullshit filter. I know some of you have mastered it because you've, you know, we've met in real life and we've had conversations like this. And I can go, I've got a master bullshit detector in front of me. They, they, they figured it out. They understand. Initially, whatever you say, I assume is a lie. Then you have to prove to me that I should care in the first place, that it affects me in my life some way. Then I know I have to separate my emotion and my bias from that as best I can. I have to look at both sides of it. I have to do that as quickly and efficiently as possible. And I need to match my amount of effort with how important this is going to be in my life. And I make a determination very quickly about that. And then I come to a conclusion and then I'm done. Right. And I'm done. I don't need to talk about this anymore unless you have new information. I don't need this anymore. You know, I don't. And, and you know, they lie and they can lie. And then the lie might not might not even be germane to the truth. But it's still a lie, and it shows the person to be a liar. Here's an example. Regardless of what you think about global warming, one of the claims the media makes, and they've done it so many times that people repeat it like parrots, you know, over and over again, record high temperatures, record high temperatures, bark, bark. Yeah, record high temperature every day. Every day there's a new record record high temperature. Like, okay, I asked ChatGPT to put the state's, in order alphabetically, tell me the high temperature and the date that it occurred on for a high record temperature in every state. Alabama, September 5th, 1925, 112 degrees. So we haven't had a record high temperature in Alabama since 1925. Alaska, 1915. Arizona, 1994. That's at least recent, but it's not every day. Arkansas, 1936. Colorado, 2019. Most recent one I could find. So I went and I said, now that you've given me this list, there's a lot of them, like 1911, 1936, 1898 for Oregon, et cetera. Give me the, 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 um, the most recent five. South Dakota, 2006. South Carolina, 2012. Colorado, 2019. Texas, record high, 1994. Arizona, 1994. I don't care what your opinion about global warming is. I really don't. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. All I'm pointing out 
is the narrative that we have new high temperatures almost every day is a lie. When you lie to me because I'm not stupid, I stop trusting you. And it's amazing. There's people like their their spouse lies to them about something important one time, and that's it. It's divorce. I can't ever trust you again, especially if it's something like they cheated on them or something like uh, that's it. Once a cheater, always a cheater. Done. And then they will be lied to by the media over and over and over and still believe them and still trust them. But it's the media. They'll be lied to demonstrably by science over and over. And what well, changed. And you just make this allowance. They'll be lied to by the educational system over and over. Well, they're doing their best. Teachers are heroes that don't wear capes. They're so underpaid. Doesn't have anything to do with the fact the education system lies. The government lies, and you just choose to believe a liar. The media is a lying entity. It lies. If you trust it, you are by definition stupid. Trusting a known liar is stupid. I defy anybody. I'll debate that, that it's not stupid to trust them. You want to take that position, we can do a full-on academic-style debate. I don't know that anybody wants to take up that side of that debate, but it is a stupid decision to trust a source that is known to lie. Again, it doesn't mean they're lying this time. It means that you can't trust the information. You have to run the information through your own fact checking. And using the entity that provided the information as a fact source is not fact checking. It's bullshit, right? It's, it's really simple. It's really simple to understand. And my final thoughts on this is, the reason this is important isn't because any one of these issues is that germane to your life. It's because this information system, that's what this is, it's an information system, is used to structure and change and channel your opinion. And there's so many people that are the most enslaved that don't trust the media. The people that trust the media, they're enslaved. But they don't think that they're resisting the lies of the media. They just trust it. The people that think they're resisting the lies, but you've just chosen the, the, the B and the AB test that they gave you. And you believe that you're independent. You're more enslaved. Think about it this way. You're a little kid now, four years old, and it's time to leave. You ain't got a shirt on. So your daddy takes you into the bedroom and goes, okay, put the duck shirt on. I don't want to wear a duck shirt. Okay. You know what? I'm going to give you a choice. The duck shirt or the clown shirt? I want the clown shirt. Boom, clown shirt goes on. We go out the door, go do whatever daddy and son are going to do that day. Did you get a decision? I, I just wanted a freaking shirt on your back before we left the house so I didn't take you out with no clothes on and people think I'm an abusive dad. You want to run around the house half naked? Go ahead. I don't care. But when we go out, you got to get dressed. So all I need is a shirt. I'll let you pick from 20 of them if it works, whatever number you need. But in the end, it what the question wasn't what shirt you're going to wear. It's are you going to be bare chested or covered? Right. And so no matter what shirt you pick, I got my way. I got what I wanted. So much of this is that. Well, I decided this and I decided that. And there it is. As long as you pick the counterpoint that they want, they're still controlling. 
And until you do the process that we talked about today, until you integrate it into your life, you are allowing others to shape your opinion, your mindset, your attitude, your emotional state. Until you move back from it enough to truly form independent uh, opinions that aren't just counter opinions. They're independent opinions. If you don't occasionally go to a source like CNN, absolute effing liars, 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 liars. But if you don't occasionally look at something they said and then vet it out and go, well, in this case, they didn't lie, then you do not think independently. You, you don't. And if you don't occasionally go, and I know most of you guys in this audience do, especially the people that show for life. Fox is saying this, Santa is saying that. They're both full of shit and they're both lying. Even though they seem counter to each other. The truth is not even in the middle. It's, it's a third option that they won't discuss. If you don't feel that way, it's not an independent thought. And you are being controlled and I don't want you to be controlled. And so the only person that can prevent you being controlled is you. Even if we had a, a, an honest media outlet, they would still make mistakes. And the thing you better understand about alternative media is a lot of alternative media is even more bias than the biased corporate media. That's okay. Just accept it and use these things as tools. Don't let these things control you and start examining everything in your every issue in your life needs to be examined like this. And again, don't think it takes a massive amount of time to do. It really doesn't. With that, let's go ahead and wrap up. I want to remind you guys you can help support this show by doing your online shopping at tspaz.com. That's T-S-P-A-Z, tspaz.com. Today's item of the day is the same one as yesterday. I'm going to be, for those on the video, I'm going to be playing without the audio on, uh, the video that goes with it. And uh, this is a product, again, it's called the Vegetti, the Vegetti uh, Spiral Vegetable Slicer. And a bunch of you guys picked one of these up yesterday. It's a really simple tool for making vegetable noodles. Most people that make vegetable noodles are fond of doing a zucchini. So kind of the generic overriding term has become zoodles. This is great if you want to live low carb, keto, etc. And I'm going to tell you something about doing this. Even if you're not, it's still delicious. Like what I do when I do what you're seeing me do in the video right now where I'm making it out of the Trombosino zucchinis, I put it into that little colander so it's, it you know, drains. And I add some salt to it and I let it sit for at least an hour and sweat out a lot of the excess water. And uh, then I throw it in a pan with some olive oil, usually hit it with like a little Parmesan, maybe some fresh basil. This particular night, what we actually did was I cooked it in the olive oil. And then at the end of the cook, which only takes a couple minutes, um, I put in a couple tablespoons of pesto and stirred that in. That was freaking amazing. So this is a great product for if you're low-carb keto. It's just a great product, though, if you want a way to use vegetables like this. Now, what I did want to show you guys real quick um, on this video, let me get out of the, uh, the, the, the full screen view here, is this comment. And I, I don't do this to pick on the person, but this comment right here. This is the kind of, like, batshit crazy that I deal with time to time, and I, I don't get it. So this guy calls himself Kamikaze something, Kamikaze Tsunami, 9137. He says, this is a video. For those who were watching it, maybe you weren't paying attention here. A video of me using a kitchen tool to make zoodles out of a zucchini. 
This reminds me of the missing 411. Just how can so many people disappear without a trace in such circumstances? And why in national parks? I get there's plenty of ways nature can just get you, but there's too many coincidences between disappearances and this is just off. We know the government has done plenty of messed up things on its citizenry, so what haven't we heard about yet? The Vegetti is just comma disturbing. Now, this may be a troll. This may be somebody seeing if they can get on the air. If so, well played, sir, right? And it did give me a laugh. But I'm going to tell you something. I don't, you know, I don't show you this often. There are at least five to ten things in this vein between emails, comments, etc., that I deal with on a daily basis. There are some extremely mentally disturbed people who apparently like to watch videos, listen to cod, cod, uh, podcasts, etc. And when I say mentally disturbed, I don't mean that they're necessarily dangerous or anything, but they have certain problems in, 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 in their life. And the reason I don't generally share it is I don't want to make it any worse for them. But I also want you to be aware that that is what you might run into when you go on a quest like today. So that's why I brought that one. And I also thought it was kind of funny. And, and I was waiting, like, I was reading that. And I'm like, well, maybe he was watching a different video and it switched. And, you know, he didn't realize he was commenting on the wrong video or something. But at the end, it, the Vegetti is is disturbing. What, what Does he think that somebody's, like, grinding people up in national parks for the – Pencil sharpener style noodle thing. It would cut your finger. I don't think it would be very effective at getting rid of a body. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but I thought maybe we would. Uh, it could, huh. Terry Hill Farm says bots gone wild. That is possible that that's a bot account. I didn't check his uh, his his uh, his handle or anything to see what he's up to, whether it's been around a while or not or anything. It could be just a bot that totally got crazy. Chat GPT review. I don't know, man. Anyway, guys, I appreciate you guys being with me today. Do consider picking up a Vegetti if you haven't yet. I was actually surprised how many people in this audience are like, I have one, and I love it, and everybody that has one likes it. And everybody said the same thing I did about the spiralizer. Uh, Tom, the guy that takes care of all my my, my uh, web stuff for me, he said that he actually has both, this thing and a spiralizer, but the spiralizer, they got rid of it at a yard sale. Another person said they had the spiralizer, but it's like in the back of someplace. And they never take it out. They only use this thing. Um, they're 10 bucks. Uh, there's no power. You just turn it with your hand. It works really good. It's a cool thing, and it makes delicious food. Anyway, with that, hope you guys enjoyed it. Tomorrow we'll have expert counsel uh, Q&A for ending up the week, and uh, we'll be back next week. Again, we're on a regular scheduled program real quick. Reminder, I think we have like 14 tickets left to the 15-year anniversary party. So when I came out and said they were on sale, I said I don't think you'll have a hard time getting them, and you never know. You didn't. Anybody that wanted to come has already gotten their ticket. If you bought a ticket, you should have gotten an email from me with all the details. If you didn't email me and say, hey, I bought a ticket, I didn't get the details, jack at the survivalpodcast.com with TSBC in the subject line, and I'll make sure you get the details. But I should have everyone that came in manually sent you uh, some instructions uh, about it, which is they're not really anything you probably need. You know where it is. You know when it is. You know to show up. Um, but I just want to make sure. But, you know, when we're down to like 15 or 17 or 14 or whatever it was when I checked this morning, now you're getting to the point that if you think you want to come, you probably need to get your ticket soon 
before they sell out. I don't see it making through next week. Again, the party is on the 20th of July, Thursday. It's 80 bucks. Totally worth it. Take Thursday and Friday off that week from work and come have a long weekend kicked off surrounded by some of the best people you'll ever know. And with that, again, I thank you for being with us today. I will catch you tomorrow with another episode. They said you should have a house the American way. Dollar down, a dollar a month, and you never have to pay. 